Hi, this is Rachel McElroy. Hello, this is Griffin McElroy. And this is wonderful. Carly Rae Jepsen did it. Did the fucking thing again. You don't know what it's like having to sit on that. She's got an album out, She has an album out. It has a thousand tracks on it. And each one is a, I'm going to say, sensual banger. Those two words together aren't great, but it's a different Carly. It's a grown up. And this energy that it's pouring into all of us, and it's good. It's wonderful. The tour is going to happen, and the music. I haven't listened to it yet. (laughs) What? The music you you haven't listened to. What did it come out Friday? Uh, it came out. Uh, it's I don't know. It seems like it, it's time immemorial because of <laughs> how much it's changed. The just sort I mean, of the it's Tuesday. I just I just haven't gotten around to it. Okay. I mean, I guess we had a busy weekend together. Um, mm-hmm. So it's good. It's called dedicated. It's good, and that's a. Uh, you got anything? What's that on a uh, Spotify or something? No, you can only get it at Sun Coast. <laughs> oh, sorry. Now that I'm like actually here and the moments come where I can talk about a good thing on our good podcast, I'm just like, I've run out of steam. I've run out of steam so quickly. Mm. Oh, here it comes. The steam's coming back. It's so good. <laughs> um, this is a show where we talk about good things. Things that we like. Things that we love even. Sometimes. Things we're in love with maybe even. Sometimes, yeah. All the time. I uh, am in love with you, so Rachel. Are you going to talk about me this week? No. Am I the wonderful thing this week? You're the wonderful thing every week, but people would not tune into that show. If I, I was like, probably would. <laughs> 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 this week, uh, you got it, folks. It's Rachel. You've heard me talk about her smile, mm-hmm. her humor, her wit, that her butt. intellect. The what butt. butt do? We did a whole holiday special <laughs> about each butt cheek. It took two years. <laughs> But today, we're going to talk about her soft hair. Damn it, we've done that one already. We have. (laughs) Her left earlobe? Okay. It's cool. This one dangles. It's unpierced because it's not a conformist. And that's good. Do you want to know my small wonders? Yeah, please. Pen 15. I've heard that's good. I watched the first season on Hulu while Griffin was on tour, and it is so much fun. What's it? What is it like? What's it about? Uh, it's these two women who are now in their early thirties, and they play themselves as middle school students. And the cast is entirely middle school little teens and oh, them. Okay, is it like? Did you ever watch uh, like Strangers with Candy? Yeah. Okay. A little bit, but but they don't address the fact that they're older. Oh, okay. I see. It's I see. And them actually inhabiting themselves as as young people. Oh, that's fun. Uh, and and they do some stuff that's very like '90s specific, which I appreciate a yeah. lot. Uh, and it's a great show. I've been watching The Americans. Holy shit, that's a good one. Wow, that's a good show. Rachel is angry at me because I think she yeah, wants to really watch it. Yeah, you really took off. Well, see, initially you said, oh, I just started it. Maybe you can catch up. And I said, how many episodes? And you said six. And I thought, well, that's, that's it's not. It's eight now. You need okay. to, you gotta hit the, <laughs> you gotta pound the pavement. I have a lot of wonderful things right now. Like I'm super into a lot of different stuff. The Carly album. I just got the Oculus Quest, the standalone VR thing. And yeah. I, I f- fucked with it for like a half hour and it's like changed my life. I came home and Griffin had the telltale marks on <laughs> the his forehead. The raccoon face. <laughs> uh, and then I had something else. I've been playing Golf Blitz on my phone. It's a golf game, Stickman golf game. It's really good. And I want everybody to play it with me so I can beat you because I'm better than you. And I need the trophies. I got to get the trophies, babe. I think I go first this week. Sure. Do I? Sounds right. My first thing this week is rice. My first thing is rice. 
the stuff, the grain, the thing we call rice that you can eat any damn way you please because it's rice, baby. Huh. We had rice last night. I had rice last night. Yeah, I did You had a salad. I I had rice last night. Odds are we're going to have rice tonight. I think I'm eating rice like three or four times a week at this point. You know we're going to have rice tonight. Hell yeah, we're going to have rice tonight. (laughs) We got big plans to eat Chinese food and watch a hockey game. We're super, (laughs) super stoked about it. Uh, Unless the Blues lose, in which case I guess we'll know by the time this comes out. But anyway, rice is so good. Don't you think so? I do, actually. I uh, had always kind of convinced myself that it was a healthier option. Uh, oh no! But it's it's just a carb. <laughs> it's a it's a it's a comp- but it's a nice small carb. Yeah, and you can put a lot of stuff on it. Unlike a like bread, for example. Um, yeah, you can't put hardly anything on bread. They, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I didn't. I never really liked rice when I was younger. I didn't really like it. I mean, I was a very very picky eater, and so mm-hmm. like actually a lot of. Um, like particularly Asian food, I was like just not into until I was. Well, like, and you in, were also having like the West Virginia spin on uh, Asian food, which maybe isn't as reliable. That is fair, but I didn't even like. I think what what excites me about rice is that rice is for me a medium, a food platform. Yes, and I didn't appreciate that. I just thought it was a kind of uh, mostly flavorless side dish. Uh, yeah, and that's not the case because a it's got good flavor, uh, especially brown rice, like. Uh, I, I prefer white rice, but brown rice has kind of a nuttier flavor that That's I can true. I can get it into. Um, but also, it's just like when you have rice, you've got options. Like we've got a big bag of rice in our pantry, <laughs> and now like if we have that, and we have a vegetable of any kind, and a, maybe a protein yeah. of some sort, and a sauce, mm-hmm. that's dinner. Yeah, it can be dinner. Now make the case for me why it's better than pasta. Why rice is better than pasta? Yes. I don't know. I feel like with pasta, you have to think about the type of noodle. You have to think yeah. about the shape. Of, and obviously, there's uh, long grain, medium grain, short grain rice. Although mm-hmm. short grain is mostly for like mashing into a pudding, and long grain is, uh, you know, typically like side dish. Eat it as as it is grain rice. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't have to worry about that with rice, though. I just feel like rice is. More sometimes I get in the mood for pasta. Sometimes mm-hmm. I do get in the mood for pasta. But like, if I'm going to eat some meat and vegetables yes. on something, I want that to be rice. Yes. If it's yeah, a if it's I a agree. hearty sauce, if it's a hearty sauce or something, maybe I'll talk to you about pasta. Maybe okay. we'll get there together. Rice is obviously enjoyed by a few people around the world. <laughs> Just uh, uh, you and me. It's me and Rachel, and most people aren't into this underground hit grain that is called yeah, rice. Hey, 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 you guys, you guys hear about rice? <laughs> yeah. The only thing is that it is uh, an agricultural commodity with the third highest worldwide production. They only did seven, uh, 741.5 million tons of that shit um, in, what was that, in 2014. And also, it provides uh, more than one-fifth of the calories consumed by humanity. Weird. That's so much rice. Holy shit. I would have I would have thought it was uh the Krispy Kreme donuts. No, those Krispy Kreme donuts have my number, don't they? <laughs> um yeah, I think you like this character, by the way. I do. It's yeah. it's very Kathy, and I I like that a lot. <laughs> uh it's versatile. It can be anything you want. You can it's what sushi is made out of. And that sushi's good, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I was thinking like, well, I could bring jambalaya, I could bring sushi, I could bring, uh, you know, pork tonkatsu on rice. 
But why not just bring rice? Mm-hmm. Well, I could do paella, or I could do rice because yeah. rice is all of that shit. Yeah. Um, I just like I don't know. I like having the I like having the safety and comfort of knowing I have rice in in the pantry that I have some amount of rice, easy to cook. They make machines that just fucking cook it for you, and then you don't have to set it and forget it, baby. Yeah, that did that was a big game changer for us when we like invested the whatever like sixteen dollars into a rice cooker. Get a rice cooker, and then get instant instant uh, curry. And then like, it's instant and the rice is done and this is dinner, baby. And it can last you two days. It's so fucking choice. Rice is so good. The rice can also get, you can make it into uh, like the rice cakes. You can, oh dude, freaking rice puffs, rice crispy treats, rice puffs and the little rice like uh, uh, saucers. What are those called? Those are just called rice cakes, aren't they? Yeah. Those are good. Onigiri <laughs> is nice. And that's like a little hand pie. But it's rice, mm-hmm. baby. Mm-hmm. You haven't even mentioned the like uh, the, the Mexican uh, opportunities. There's so many Mexican opportunities for rice, baby. Make mm-hmm. it spicy rice. I love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can do uh, you can do rice flour. You can do like a sticky rice dough to make a little bun. Hello, rice. You can, if you freaking drop your iPhone in the toilet with pee-pee in it, you throw it in the rice bag and it soaks it all out. That's not true. One time I was, I was inebriated and I jumped into a hot tub like a cool guy. I did like a cool guy move into the hot tub to like hang out with our friends and show off what a cool guy was. And I, I remembered I did have my iPhone in my pocket, put it in the rice bag. It did not save it. No. Dr. Rice did not come through this time. You had a few things besides water at play there. Uh, I guess so. Hot. Hot. Um, and probably the urine of everybody who had ever rented that Airbnb we stayed in. <laughs> Where's that part of the press conference? Yeah, most phones are waterproof, but this one, it's piss proof. <laughs> and to prove it, no, please don't prove it. No, come on. Get out here, Joni. Pee on this phone. I'm going to pee on this phone to show you how pee proof Is Joni their like, uh, chief pee officer? He has evolved into that. They created the position for him. They didn't want to. What's your first thing? (laughs) So my first thing, I'm excited to take you on this journey. And it is the journey of Bunch of Balloons. This is the most... Rachel sent me a link to this. It was a YouTube video with like 400 views. And I was Uh like, are you you sure you want to go down this extremely obscure... It's not just the product, Griffin. It's the journey. Uh, Rachel, take me on the journey for this. Is it an active Kickstarter still? No. Okay. Bunch of balloons. This all got started 2014. It's man, last name of Malone. Last name is Malone? Yes. You mumbled a bit. <laughs> you said it kind of like Borat, like last name of Malone. <laughs> uh, he is a father of eight. That is. Okay, now I understand. Can I say something? You just, un- that was the key that unlocked the <laughs> mystery of bunch of balloons. When you have eight children, you need a bunch of everything. Mm-hmm. He So he's a mechanical engineer, and he decided to develop Bunch of Balloons, which enables more than 100 balloons per minute to be fit and tied. These are water balloons. These are water balloons, folks. Mm-hmm. Don't try and fill these things up with air. They'll pop, probably. Yeah, so you twist it onto a hose. It's like a, it's like a long tube that has a bunch of little, um, uh, what do I want? I want to call them flanges. No, I don't <laughs> think flanges is the right word. It has like straws. Little spouts that little, come off. Yeah. And Imagine like an octopus with a hundred arms and then throw yourself into bed and try to sleep and forget it because that's so scary what I said. Uh, fills 37 balloons at a time. 
and then you shake the contraption, and then the water balloons slide off and automatically seal themselves. Because they have little rubber bands around the yes. the the hole. Why, man? Why is water balloon terminology so difficult? <laughs> the nipple, well, the nipple of the balloon. A lot it's, of folks don't don't fill balloons as part of their daily life, but apparently this this Mister Malone does. Yeah, uh, with his eight children. So he set a ten thousand dollar goal on Kickstarter and managed to rake in nearly a million dollars. Uh, with more than 20,000 backers. Holy fucking, that's a lot of families with eight children mm-hmm. that went to, to, went to for well, that Well, have you thing. tied a water balloon before? Yeah, it's it like, sucks. It it's sucks. the worst thing in the world. Yeah. Because you goose yourself, and then it's like, well, if I've gooshed myself and I'm already wet, what's the point of going out there? And <laughs> like, there's no more danger in the fight, you know? So Mr. Malone gets a lot of attention. I believe his first name is Josh, but I, I don't prefer- see I actually like down. you calling this honored <laughs> Mr. individual. Mr. Malone, <laughs> Mr. the balloon, the mini ballooned man. He gets a lot of attention. He uh, gets press in Sports Illustrated and Time. He appears on Good Morning America and the Today Show. And the demand is so great, he pairs up with Chinese toy giant Zuru for manufacturing and distribution uh, and applies for a patent in February 2014. And the patent he applies for two that includes system and method for filling containers with fluid and device for filling multiple water balloons. Good. You got to fucking protect yourself, Mr. Malone. You got to. You've struck gold. Don't let somebody snatch that out right from under you. But this is just the beginning of the story. Oh, (laughs) <laughs> I'm really trying to do like a, uh, like a reply all yeah, kind sure, of. Yeah, sure, sure. Okay, Hold on, let me put, let me play some like like cool music. Let me let me take you to the present. Okay, May 2019 Wall Street Journal article. They received 31 million as part of a settlement of a long running dispute between Telebrands, which is the As Seen TV, yeah, and Mr. Malone. Mr. Malone received 31 million dollars. Him and him and Zuru. Okay. Yeah. Because what happened in 2014, Telebrands claims that Malone's patent wasn't valid and makes Balloon Bonanza, Easy Einstein Balloons, and Battle Balloons. Balloon Bonanza. (laughs) Einstein Mini Balloons. What was it? Einstein Balloon? Easy Einstein Balloons and Battle Balloons. Battle Balloons? It's not. You've made it violent. Mm -hmm. What the fuck, man? (laughs) We can't. A lot of balloons. So- Telebrands, Telebrands has made uh, as seen t- as seen on TV brands like the Pet Egg, which yeah. is the little egg, and something called the Crank Chop, which I'm pretty sure Ooh. is the Slap Chop. So they their whole thing is going after popular items and, and then, selling them yeah. in like Bed Bath and Beyond and whatever. Now I will say, Crank Chop is a much more powerful name. <laughs> it makes me want to do both motions that they have suggested. Uh, so in November 2017, a jury in Texas found Telebrands had willfully infringed on the patents and ruled Malone's original patents to be valid and awarded yes. $12.25 million. Nice. But Malone had spent about $20 million in legal fees. Whoa, damn. During the years of litigation against Telebrands. Uh, <laughs> at this point, though, a bunch of balloons is a $100 million business. <laughs> what? Yes. It's- what? They were making a hundred million annually at this it's point. Water balloons. I know. Isn't that fascinating? It's what I guess there's a lot of like I I when's the last time you used a water balloon? It's, right? It's been a minute, but yeah. I guess there's a lot of like vacation Bible schools around the country so. that need some 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 wet summer fun. So so he's paying for these legal fees because he's making a bunch of money. 
Uh, but here's the thing. So in March 2019, U.S. District Court Judge Robert Schrader ordered Telebrands to pay enhanced damages after finding they had demonstrated an intent to delay and obstruct the court proceedings. Don't even. Oh, so this is when we get up to the 31 million uh, as of this year. As of this year, there's, there could be more. I want there to be I think more. we're done now. No, I want them to be fucking <laughs> ruined. I want them to I want them in the ground, Rachel. Because it's one thing to step on the Lotta Balloons brand, but when you step on the neck of Lady Liberty like that, Lady Justice like mm-hmm. that, that won't fly and Mr. Malone's gonna get you. So so this is a permanent injunction. So at this point, Telebrands has to stop with all the their balloon know, bullshit. The battle the battle balloons and the in the Einstein balloons. So here's the thing that I, I also loved about this. So the judge pointed to an exchange in the record from a Telebrands executive to an employee. And this is the quote from the email. <laughs> so you know what the original actual product bunch of balloons looks like? And then inserts a picture of bunch of balloons. Here's a pic below. Here's our version below where we would just paint the cap and change out the balloons. <laughs> Using the bands removed from their product, new blue balloons we load up and on a painted cap. Oh, that's fucking so iron like class, <laughs> literally evidence saying, mm-hmm. "Hey, you know this original product that we're going to rip off? See the picture below? We're gonna just change the color." Yeah, it's super <laughs> bad. That's a, you're a very bad criminal at that point. But also, even if we didn't have that evidence, if you were in court and they were like, "This is literally the same thing," uh-huh. your defense was gonna be. Uh-uh, this one's blue. So <laughs> So this guy is is a Texas guy. He was living in Plano when all this was going down. Now he's moving to Washington and making like a whole career out of of suing the as seen on TV people. Because I'll <laughs> be there, baby. I'll be there. Just say when. Thirty million. This father of eight. So now maybe he can send all of them to college. Water balloon fights were really fun back in the day. And mm-hmm. I will say this, this seems environmentally disastrous because you're, <laughs> I mean, water balloons are already not great. Um, but. So the reason I sent you that clip too, is it's like him yeah, probably like, using his own kids to like do this demonstration. Yeah, it is a very, now that I know it was looked like a home video. It uh-huh. was like very, very, uh, very This tame, guy very just starts out of the Kickstarter and then this company steals it from him. And now he is a multimillionaire. From would, water balloons. I would have more water. This establishes water balloons as a thing you can do. Because me, I would be like, let's have a water balloon fight. And then a half hour later, I'd have five. And I'd be like, it's going to be a short, <laughs> short fight. Hey, can I steal you away? Yes. It can be intimidating trying to roll with the console cowboys in cyberspace. Um, there's always the worry that maybe they know something that you don't vis-a-vis, um, website design or website functionality. And you think that I could never be that. I could never be among their illustrious ranks. Griffin, if I wanted to build a website where I ranked my favorite episodes of Ghostwriter, would I be able to do that? Well, first of all, it would be the same list as everybody else's with the Julia Stiles <laughs> episode at the top. But yes, you can do that with Squarespace. It's the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. Every Squarespace website and online store comes with a suite of integrated features and useful guides that help maximize prominence among search results. Do you want to have special functionality, like maybe a members-only VIP club section of your website? You can do that. Do you want to sell stuff? Yeah, you can do that too. Do you want to have an online scheduler so that people, you can, you can sell uh your time yeah you can do that also anything is possible 
that's um the, the, for the commercial, the Super Bowl commercial they had. That was my voice yelling, anything is possible. In the wow. Background. Yeah. Not a lot of people know that. Hey, head to squarespace.com slash wonderfulpod for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use offer code wonderfulpod to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Griffin? Yeah. You know what's a shame? What? Is that when you order uh, meals to be delivered to you, they can only be for dinner. That's true because of the law. But wait, wait, what's this coming across our desk? The law is different now? <laughs> it's factor. These rebels are operating outside the boundaries of food law. <laughs> factor has breakfast. They have midday bites. They have smoothies. Uh, there's lots of stuff you can get with Factor. What other things can you get with Factor? Well, I'm looking at this menu right now. They got a lot of tasty little options for you. I'm talking about artichoke and spinach chicken with roasted zucchini and tomato butter. Did you even know that butter could be tomato? <laughs> Not me. Shredded chicken and loaded mashed taters with, I changed the word. They say potatoes, but I said taters, precious. With mushroom <laughs> gravy, smoked cheddar, uh, bacon, and Parmesan broccoli. Uh, this this menu is out of sight, and my mouth is just watering looking at these glossy JPEGs of tasty food. So head to factormeals.com slash wonderful50 and use code wonderful50 to get 50% off. That's code wonderful50 at factormeals.com slash wonderful50 to get 50% off. Uh, I got some Jumbotrons here. This one's 4C, and it's from B, who says, 2C from B. Hey, Ace, I'm writing this from the end of 2018, and boy, howdy, what a year. I'm so glad to have uh, to have you as a best friend and as a teammate in so many of our mutual endeavors. One of the most wonderful things in my life is having you to come home to every day, and I hope you always believe in this gal that believes in you. Love, Daddy. I don't know if B is Daddy, but I do know... That. But 2018 was a year. I will say that. That is one thing I can definitely understand in this message is that uh, many things happened in 2018. Am I right, folks? Yeah. I got another one here. This one's for Claire, and it's from Meg, who says, Claire, I'm so glad we spent six years together in metaphor and some months together in location. I love you lots. Thanks to you and my awful squad junior friends for encouraging me to live my grad school dream and for putting up with my obscure science nerdiness. You all make up the best parts of me. Also, don't forget to drink some water. That is a good message. Glad awful squad junior is still out there changing the world one uh, chicken dinner at a time. And also... Griffin's been really good about drinking water lately. They told me to. Welcome back to Fireside Chat on KMAX. With me in studio to take your calls is the dopest duo on the West Coast, Oliver Wong and Morgan Rhodes. Go ahead, caller. Hey, uh, I'm looking for a music podcast that's insightful and thoughtful, but like also helps me discover artists and albums that I've never heard of. Yeah, man. Sounds like you need to listen to Heat Rocks every week. Myself and I'm Morgan Rhodes and my co-host here, Oliver Wong, talk to influential guests about a canonical album that has changed their lives. Guests like Moby, Open Mike Eagle, talk about albums by Prince, Joni Mitchell, and so much more. Yo, what's that show called again? Heat Rocks, deep dives into hot records. Every Thursday on Maximum Fun. What's your second thing? Uh... My second thing, before I tell you my second thing, I got to ask you a question. Okay. Where in the world is Carmen Sandiego? 
Goes from Nashville to Norway, Virginia, and Troy, and Suffragans, and something, and back. From the team to wall of China, police. He's a freaking secret in another museum. Tell me, where in the world is Carbon Diego. Please tell me your second thing is Rockapella and not the TV show Where in the World is Carmen San Diego. My second thing is actually um uh, the accordion. I want to talk about the accordions. <laughs> no, I want to talk about fucking Carmen San Diego. I'm going to talk about the 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 Carmen San Diego brand. How's that? And there will be a Rockapella discussion. Okay, good. Is good, that good, good. So good? That's what I want. Um, I, I talk about this a lot on this show, but I was not a very good student. And so I feel like there are large gaps in my knowledge of things that people learned about in school. And I think geography is chief among them. But the little knowledge I do have about geography, I solely owe to Ms. Dr. Professor Carmen Sandiego. Actually, she was a thief, but you know what I mean. And all her... This is like when I talked about Mavis Beacon. It's funny you say that because this is also a Broderbund jam. Oh, they love taking a character to inspire learning. They sure do. Broderbund made uh, Mavis Beacon. They they had a lot of edu games, uh, which were like... I was in in our talented and gifted class in elementary school and middle school. Like we had a whole pantheon of edu games that we played, like uh, Zumbinis. I don't think that was them, uh, and Math Blaster and the like. Uh, I didn't know they also did like um, Prince of Persia. They did the Prince of Persia oh. on the original Apple II, uh, and they did Mist, which I could do like a whole wow. segment on Mist. Holy yeah. shit, Mist rules! Uh, but yes, they did Carmen San Diego. It launched in 1985, um, and since then, Broderbund has actually been picked up by. By uh, the Learning Company, who is still making, they made a Carmen San Diego game in 2015. There are dozens of these things, and obviously, some of them are uh, where in time is Carmen San Diego, or her time heist, or uh, you know, they've made a bunch of different variations. But for the most part, if you've never played a Carmen San Diego game, the uh, traditional structure is this: you are an Acme detective. And you show up at the scene of a crime where a theft has been committed, and you have to find clues as to where the perp uh, ended up, and also find uh, like descriptions of what they look like that you write down in the warrant. And then you follow them from country to country and city to city, and you learn, and you eventually catch up to them. And if your warrant matches them and what they look like, they get put in Acme jail, and you get a special reward from the chief because you're so smart and you did such a good job. And they get harder and harder. The levels go, they get harder and harder because eventually you do face off against Carmen Sandiego. And it's a whole catch me if you can, just like web of just sexual intrigue. <laughs> Did you play these? Did you play Carmen Sandiego? Uh, I mean, I just watched the TV show. The TV show is important. I and mean, I know you're so rowdy to talk about the TV show. Uh, what I love about the game is it was scripted by a guy named David Siefkin, uh, who created the character Carmen Sandiego, as well as the other characters, the other criminals in the game. Uh, and I don't know what the game was going to be called, but the project manager at the time, a woman named Catherine Bird, was like, you need to name this game Carmen Sandiego because it's the best fucking name I've ever heard. Uh, according to Wikipedia, quote, her name suggested mystery and exoticism <laughs> as well as humor. Uh, she is named for uh, Carmen Miranda, the singer, the Brazilian yeah. singer, and uh, get this, the city of San Diego. Um, <laughs> what was great about these games is that they also had like a lot of super, super groany dad humor to them because other other criminals included uh, M.T. Pockets. 
and Ruth Less and Hardly Worth It uh, are some of the other ones. And But my favorite thing about these games was always the crimes that were committed. Uh, the thefts. They were, I say crimes. It was just thefts. It wasn't, nobody was murdering. There was no, there was no uh, <laughs> arson happening. Um, they would steal like Mount Rushmore. Somebody stole Mount Rushmore. In one of the in one of the games, somebody stole the Mason Dixon line. I, so are those two states just the same state now? I don't even know how you steal the Mason Dixon. Did they Dixon. do like a little animation of her like running carrying the, the later games the later games i think carrying it, the mount rushmore right when you had to animate it wasn't always her doing the crimes it was her flunkies you had, she was the oh, she was the big prize okay. right um and of course then we eventually got the game show in i believe 1991 yeah it ran from 91 to 95 there was a computer game before the game show You're i thought kidding everything me. was after the game show no 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 yeah no uh in fact broderbund was like the the developer of the game show and uh fun fact it came out of it was on pbs right so it was like we got to teach people some shit about where things are on the globe uh because uh in i think 1990 nat geo ran a survey that showed that um, Americans uh, were very bad at geography with uh, one in five or one in four, I forget the actual number, uh, are unable to locate the Soviet Union or the Pacific Ocean on a map. Rutrow, that's pretty bad. Well, so the Soviet Union's not a thing anymore. Well, that's fair. So that but would you be hard. S- but that, it's even easier to s- show where the Soviet Union is. It was a big old thing. You could yeah. point at like one quarter of the globe. Pacific Ocean's like, a little troubling. That's a big ocean, huh? Yeah, it's a it's, big one. It's a big one. Uh, so yeah, in reaction to that horrible fact, PBS and Broderbund uh, designed a game show that would torture children uh, by <laughs> forcing them to solve uh, nearly impossible geographical trivia. Uh, that was round one. Round two was like there was a big board, like a Jeopardy board with 15 tiles. And it was like a memory game because you had to find the loot and then you had to find the warrant and yeah. then you had to find the crook in that exact order. Uh, and then whoever won that went on to the final game. The final game involved uh, a continental map of like Africa or Asia or Europe uh, or eventually like I think they just did North and South America together maybe uh, and you had to find countries on that map which I will tell you like this is great Griffin's favorite thing like nobody won this fucking game yeah. if you got if you got Africa on the map I feel like yeah. no I never saw a kid win Africa because first of all I feel like you're running around more but also just like the kids just didn't they didn't swing it they just didn't get it uh, Europe is like easy you just fucking bloop bloop you don't even have to move it's all like really really compact uh but yes you have to run around and place these beacons on the ground and i do not know who decided what the fucking time limit for this should be but they are a war criminal because (laughs) it was impossible not only that here's a not fun fact uh one of the episodes never aired because during that round a girl fell and broke her arm while they were filming the show because that's what fucking the chief wants from you the chief is like you'll get out there gum shoes you have 11 (laughs) seconds to place to find 15 country it was wild uh but two other th- things made the show great uh rockapella as rachel wanted yes, to discuss uh that could be a whole thing that was a whole thing they were very very good i thought that they were a they were the house band for for this show i thought that they were like they came together for this show and then went out and did their own separate things after uh finding That's their what I assumed too. no they were they were a uh, acapella band so they weren't like this. a super group established by no they were Carmen not san diego <laughs> uh but they are still actually touring i think the lineup has 
completely changed at this point. So it's it's not the original Rockapella, but they did find like success after after this <laughs> game show because it had the fucking best theme song for any game I show. I bet they get heckled all the time though, right? At their live performances. I mean, they probably just do it. They People, probably open yeah, with it. They should start with it. Otherwise, people are like, play it. Play it, do it. You know what we need. Uh, <laughs> and also, uh, the chief, who was played by uh, Lynn Thigpen, uh, who passed away in two thousand three, unfortunately. But she was a Tony Award winning uh, actor who fucking killed it. As PBS the chief. was all over that stuff, though, yeah. right? Like, remember when uh, what was it? Shining Time Station had the Ringo Starr. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and her performance was actually so good that they like the they were like, well, we have to put her in the video games now. So then she started performing in the video games as, as they went on. That's awesome. Uh, from that point on. Uh, Carmen San Diego, like, I, I think... Uh, this is not for me. It's not like a kitschy, like edgy game. Hey, hey, 90, 90s kids will remember this. I feel like those games and the the show that came after it had a had had like a tone that extended beyond. Let's teach kids about geography. It had a tone that yeah. was like very, very just super playful, like super, yeah. super playful. The games and the the game show both uh, that uh, well, really stuck very with me. Little, there is very little as a kid that makes you feel like a citizen of the world. Yeah, sure. If you don't have a lot of privilege you know like i feel like if you're not a kid that gets to travel all the time and i was not yeah you don't really feel like your place in the globe and that game really kind of gives you that it's you all over that yeah. that encarta really did it oh, for me gosh, too. i had encarta holy shit and let's save it i can do a segment on encarta okay what's your second thing my second thing is peanut butter okay rice and peanut butter are really hitting I the know. staples this episode i know Here's the thing. If you're about to tell the history of peanut butter, I feel like that's what I feel like that's I don't know anything about history, but I feel like I know the history of peanut butter. Do you? Oh, damn it. <laughs> who's who's your go to guy for peanut butter? Well, now it's going to be wrong, isn't it? It is going to be wrong, but I just want you to get it out there. Let's get it over with. The thing they teach in school yeah. is George Washington Carver. He's not the guy. Are you sure about he that? He definitely has a relationship to peanut butter, but he is not the peanut butter guy. I'm going to Google the peanut butter guy. And if George Washington Carver is the first result. Well, that's that's fair. I would say he's the peanut. First of all, he's historically, not the, he's not like the inventor of peanut butter the way people think. So, OK, but he did invent a billion things, including like stoplights and all kinds of shit. Yes, George Washington yes Carver, of course. I'm not yeah. saying he's a fraud. I'm just saying he's not the peanut butter guy. OK, but yeah, if you Google peanut butter guy, the peanut <laughs> butter guy, he will come up. George Washington Carver comes up. Yeah. Wild. Yeah. He just comes up. I think if you're the first Google result, now you are the peanut butter guy. Well, your revisionist history is not what I'm here to do. Okay. Uh, so peanut butter. By the way, it also gave me an image of the baby covered in peanut butter. That's that, you good. remember that line? <laughs> oh, peanut shit. Butter, yeah. That's good. So George Washington Carver was given credit, but the U.S. National Peanut Board confirms that he did not invent it. What did he, he just perfected it? By the time Carver had published his document about peanuts entitled How to Grow the Peanut and 105 Ways of Preparing It for Human Consumption in 1916, many methods of preparation of peanut butter had been developed or patented already. So when we see the original patents, patents are big in this episode. They I sure realize. are, yeah. Uh, this was back in 1884. Carver didn't hit the scene until 1916. Okay. So we had peanut butter. Prior to Carver. Okay. Yeah, but I didn't, I didn't come here to like slam on Carver. No, just, he's badass. I think it's important to know the real history, which started in Canada. 
So what did they do? They just smashed some of these bad boys and they were like, hey, that looks creamy, creamy. Let's go. <laughs> they milled roasted peanuts until the peanuts received a fluid or semi-fluid state and yeah. then mixed sugar into the paste to harden its consistency. Uh, then we have some history with Kellogg in 1898. Always got to get a hand on the ball, this nasty freak. He used it to serve peanut butter to patients because they needed food that contained a lot of protein but could uh, be eaten without chewing. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And then this is when we really start to see that it take off is uh, in the 1920s. Uh, there was a chemist that involved a process for making peanut butter by separating the uh, or rather to keep it from separating by using partially hydrogenated oil. And this is what started Peter Pan peanut butter in oh, 1928. Okay. And then Skippy peanut butter in 1932. Which one's your favorite? Well, I wanted to hit on Jif. We got to get to Jif. We got to hit on Jif. In 1955, Procter and Gamble launched peanut butter named Jif, which was sweeter than other brands due to the use of sugar and molasses yeah, in this they recipe. Did. Yeah, they did. They came right up on top, didn't they? Mm-hmm. What makes it better? A spoonful of sugar? It was right there in I the know. song. You could have just made it sweeter with sugar and molasses. I am one of the few people maybe that I, while I like crunchy peanut butter better, I'll eat either. I'll it's eat peanut any, butter. It's I peanut just, butter. I love, I love it. I'm one of those people that would eat it right out of the spoon. Yeah. You know, on a tough day. Uh, I like to put it in with a pint of ice cream. I like to put it on a cookie. I like to put it on bread. Um, yeah. Crackers, dip a Ritz in there. Oh, God, peanut butter. And because of the protein. It's good you for you. like, hey, that's not so bad. I do not like the... And this is probably going to get me in a spot of trouble. Oh. But like the organic peanut yeah, butter. Where, where it separates, right? Where it separates is terrible mm-hmm. to me. Also because it doesn't taste, I mean, it tastes like peanuts and fine, whatever. But I think I want peanut butter to taste like sugar and molasses mm-hmm. maybe now that I think about it. This is a theme for you a little bit, that you like your food to just generally taste sweeter. I do enjoy that. Yes. I got to get my glucose levels down a little bit. So it's not, it's a tough transition. <laughs> but um, yeah, I do. I do like a sweet, a sweet nut butter. Damn it. Mm-hmm. Now I want a peanut butter and jelly sandwich very badly. No. And I don't think we have the stuff to make. We do. It. We have all of the things. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's finish this episode real quick. Uh, we got uh, wonderful submissions. We got one from Scott who says that he likes bug spray. And we have... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Scott says, I got a little thing for you this week, the smell of bug spray. I went hiking yesterday, and I realized that it always takes me back to running around outside as a youngster with all my cousins late into the summer night until the only thing we could see is the lightning bugs. Oh. Ooh, that's nice. That's a good story, because at first I was like, bug spray? Who likes that? But then you're right. There's a real strong association. Yes. I think a summer camp when Uh, I smell it. I got one here. I'm going to not do good on the name. I apologize. Ariathna? It's a cool name. It's a cool how I said it. I bet it's even cooler how it's supposed to be said. Ariathna says, I love golf carts. At work, we use them to get around the facility, and those 40 seconds of getting from one building to the next are so liberating and wild. I've gone golfing like twice. The golf cart is the absolute fucking best part. How did you guys use a golf cart? Absolutely, we did. If the option is available, of course. Because then you feel like a a sort of sports road warrior. Uh Uh-huh. You don't drive a fucking small car when you're playing football. I think I've maybe only driven a golf cart once, and that was like over 15 years ago. That baby's got some get up and go. A yeah. good one. <laughs> uh, here's one sent in by Griffin, a person named Griffin. Isn't that wild? You mean there's another one? Griffin says, hey, Rachel and Griffin, my small wonder this week is preschoolers. I work at a preschool, and the other day, a kid said his favorite sport was swords, and I think that's wonderful and hilarious. <laughs> 
That's Ma- very might good. have been talking about fencing, but I do like the idea of just swords. You think the preschooler was talking about fencing? Maybe it's hot right now with the with the teens, the teens, the teen yeah. preschoolers. Well, you do know teens. That's true. Thank you to Bowen and Augustus for the use of our theme song. Money won't pay. You can find a link to that in the episode description. Thank you to MaximumFun.org for all of their support. Yeah, thank you, Maximum Fun. What shows should people be listening to on Maximum Fun right now? I mean, there's Bubble. There's Bubble, yeah. If you haven't listened to Bubble, go listen to Bubble. And they have a bunch of other stuff, too, like uh, Can I Pet Your Dog and a bunch of other shows, all at MaximumFun.org. If that is it, if I may... Let's try this. I've never done this before. all right, let's do it. I would very much like to eat a peanut butter and jelly or jam sandwich. Yes. May I please be excused? (laughs) Because you asked nicely. Yes, you may. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported. If you're looking for a new comedy podcast, why not try the Beef and Dairy Network? It won Best Comedy at the British Podcast Awards in 2017 and 2018. Also, I'm... There were no horses in this country until the, the mid to late 60s. Specialist bovine arse vet. Both of his eyes are squid's eyes. Yogurt buffet. She was married to a bacon farmer. Who saved her life? Farm raised snow leopard. Download it today. That's the Beef and Dairy Network podcast from MaximumFun.org. Also, maybe start at episode one, or weirdly, episode 36, which for some reason requires no knowledge of the rest of the show.